Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the blessing of your spirit. It comes to us in, in challenging times. He, he comes to us in those moments when we feel empty, when we've got nothing left to give, when the, the waves of, of this world feel like they're overwhelming and you send your love in your spirit into our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I know that, that today there are those that are here that are feeling those waves. Um, we look around our world and there are so many waves coming from so many directions. And Lord, sometimes it seems that, that nobody is in control, that chaos reigns. And yet our hope and our faith and our trust is that your hand is still sovereign. That in all of these circumstances, whether it would be uh, diseases, whether it would be uh, corruption in leadership, whether it would be wars, whether it would be poverty, whether it would be those that are in hunger. Uh, Lord, for those that, that are without work, Lord, there are those that are feeling the, the pressure of, of relationships, of, uh, of conflict, of division within families. Lord, in all of that, we rest in you because your spirit is more than able to, to lead and guide us through those circumstances, through those challenges, to bring us peace, to fill us with your love, to encourage us, uh, to, to measure our steps so that we walk in a way that is right, that is your path that accomplishes your purposes. Thank you for the purposes that you have planned for us here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that, uh, that as we focus our attention on your word, as the kids go down for their lessons, as, as the rest of us remain here to look at what Peter has to say to us today, Father, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to the things that you want to say to us. That we would be teachable in this moment. Not only teachable, Lord, but that, that in, those, in those instructions, in those uh, uh, insights, that we would hear your voice. That we would see your face. And that would lead us to walk more closely in tune with you. That we would be able to testify along with Job that, that before our ears had heard of you, but, but now our eyes have seen you. And that is enough. That's all that we need. So we thank you for 
your spirit's blessing and your work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. We are coming close to the end of our study in 1 Peter. And uh, it has been such a treat, um, such rich lessons and, and instruction from this man who walked with Jesus, <laughs> who knew the face of Jesus, uh, who had been shaped uh, so perfectly by his Savior. And um, the things that he has passed on to us, the emphasis that he has had time and time again for us on the power of the gospel, the transforming work of Jesus Christ in our lives, and the importance of holding fast to that truth, to that reality, that in all of life's circumstances, and, and specifically he comes back time and time again to dealing with suffering, the people that he's writing to were facing all kinds of, uh, of troubles and trials in their lives. And he comes back time and time again that in the midst of our suffering, there is hope in Jesus Christ. And when we, when we keep our eyes focused on him and then the, on the truth that he has for us, we can find peace. We can find joy. We find purpose and meaning. We find life there when we walk in the way that is right. So today we are going to be looking at um, verses 5 to 7 in chapter 5. Let me read that for you here this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5, starting at verse 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the leaders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Last week, Cody talked about... Uh, Peter's instructions to the elders of the church, those that were in leadership, those that, that, that brought a mature um, direction and leadership teaching within the life of the church. And this verse is building off of that. Uh, it, it then focuses the attention on all the rest of us um, to say that that. that as those who are leading, those elders within our church, within our congregation, are bringing leadership and direction 
and instruction and teaching on to us. The rest of us must be subject to those. But then he, he flips very quickly off of that to, to wrap up and, and to describe the common characteristic in all church relationships. And that is humility. The one thing that, that, that is a focus for all of us, no matter what roles we are in, as leaders, we are called to lead out of humility. For those who are younger, those that are under that leadership, that we are to submit to that leadership, to that authority in humility. The the phrase that he uses, the, the Greek word that he uses when he says, clothe yourselves, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. Uh, that Greek word that he uses there is a unique one. It's the only time that it's used in all of Scripture in the New Testament. And it is, it, it, it's not like the, the other passages that Peter writes about putting on the armor of God or clothing yourselves in the righteousness uh, of God, or, or clothe yourselves with those uh, uh, different characteristics of, of being a follower of Jesus. This particular clothing refers to putting on the apron of a servant, or, or, or on, on the, the, the coveralls, the outfit of a servant. What he's saying here is that that all of us, whether we are in positions of leadership or in positions of submission, that we put on that attitude of looking to serve others. That, that it's not just a humility as that uh, little spoken word started us off at. It's not a, a, a humility that, that is self-deprecating, that, that looks out on ourselves as somehow useless or, or not having anything of value to bring. But it comes with open hands. It comes with a, a desire to be able to meet the needs of others. Putting aside our own agendas, our, our own needs, our own priorities, and a humility looking to lovingly serve others. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility. Kind of reminds you of uh, that the words that, that Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippians. I want you to turn there because it's surprisingly how similar these passages are. Philippians chapter uh, 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 9. It says, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in... Humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this 
mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped or, or hung on to, but instead made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. Isn't that interesting that, that Paul here writes and talks about how Jesus humbled himself and therefore God has exalted him to the highest place. And that we are then to have that same mind as Jesus did. Not to look after our own interests, but in instead to seek out and minister to the needs of others. And what does Peter say? Go back to, to 1 Peter chapter 5. It says, verse 6, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time He may exalt you. The exaltation that, that God gives to us is, is the same exaltation that he gave to Jesus Christ because it is founded in who Christ is. That just as Jesus is raised up high because we are a part of his body, because we are the expression of His presence here on earth, that we are His hands and feet reaching out into a lost and dying world, that we share in that exaltation, that when we humble ourselves and we have the same mind as Christ to serve and to love others, that at the appropriate time, at the proper time, we are exalted with Christ. And it's not because of what we have accomplished. It's not because we've done such a great job that God then says, no, it's because of what Christ has done in us. I love that picture that John paints for us there in the throne room of heaven uh, that we find in Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 4. And as, as John has been caught up into heaven and he has this picture of, of the, the very throne room of God where, where the Father, the Ancient of Days, sits there on the mighty throne and the Lamb who is slain is on his right hand and, and all around him are the 24 elders, those that, that, that represent the, the, the tribes of Israel but also those that represent the church and there are the four living creatures that are constantly worshiping and praising God, worthy, 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 holy, God Almighty. And as these 24 elders, these representatives of all of humanity, bow down to worship, what do they do? 
Let's read this. Revelation chapter 4, verses 10. It says, verse 9 says, And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are You, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. These representatives of all humanity take those crowns that they have earned. And and, and again, this is the Greek word that is used here is the stephanos. Uh, This is the crown that that, um, an athlete would receive uh, when competing in the Olympic Games. The the laurels of of their... their, um, accomplishments. It, it's, it's the same crown that, that a general returning from victory in battle would receive. This, this crown that he had earned through his victorious um, efforts. And what do these 24 elders do? They cast those crowns down at the feet of Jesus because it's not us. Anything that we've accomplished, anything that we have done is not because of what we have brought to the table, but it's all because of what Jesus has done through us. And so when we receive at the appointed time that exaltation, when God in His great wisdom lifts us up, It will just be another reason for us to praise and glorify Him. To point all the rest of creation and say, it's not us, it is Him alone. That's the spirit of humility. Recognizing that it is Jesus' work in us. And so uh, we don't look after our own interest. We don't strive for the things that bring us um, the, 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 the joys and the pleasures of life, but instead we clothe ourselves with humility. We look for ways that we can serve and love others. But pride <laughs> sneaks in so easily, so quickly. You know, I'm trying to think, where are some of the places where we see pride in, in our lives within the church? And I know in my own life, I, 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 I find myself getting puffed up in, in my ability to be able to, to interpret Scripture. The things that I believe that God has shown me, I, I then become proud as I try and squash down anybody that would have any opposing viewpoints. And, and, and in that pride, create all kinds of conflict and division and chaos within the church because I am right. We see pride raising its head as we compare one another's spiritual gifts and abilities. 
when I see how, how much more spiritually gifted I am than all the rest of you. <laughs> and feel that um, whatever rush of, you know, it's, you guys sure are lucky that I'm here. You know, all of us, we or, or, probably more often we look at others and go, oh, look, I've got nothing to give. Uh, we compare the different callings that God has given us, the, the ways that he has equipped us to accomplish different things, and, and, and we, we in that find that pride or that jealousy that, that creates resentment, that isolates us from one another. And, and so often, so often, creates conflict and division within his church. The, the, the pride of socioeconomic status, those that have and those that do not, that is so easy. And, and, and even in the first century, even in that wonderful time when we read here in Acts about how they shared everything together in common. Uh, that, that whoever had sold what they had and, and gave to those that didn't. So that nobody had any needs. Nobody was in want. And even in the midst of that beautiful perfection of sharing, pride raises his head and there are some that hold on a little bit to themselves. James writes about how we give seats of honor to those that have and ask those that don't to sit on the floor because we want to elevate those that, that have something. So easy within our church. So easy to look on those that, uh, that have been blessed in certain ways and to, to give them special elevated status because of the way that God has blessed them. And those that don't, we kind of put them off to the side. We don't really appreciate um, the value, their, their important position and status within our congregation. And then there is the self-righteousness. <laughs> well, at least I don't do that like she does, or at least I don't fall after that temptation like he does. And again, we compare, right? <laughs> we focus on those that are struggling, those that have uh, 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 conflict and struggle in their marriages, and we feel, well, at least we're not there. At least we haven't gone through those kinds of struggles. Or, or the other way of looking, oh, we'll never measure up to them. Look how perfect their wedding is. Isn't that marvelous? The, the, the way that they're able to love each other. And we feel that conflict and we feel that division and, and, and we either measure up way too much or we don't measure up at all and miss what Christ is calling us to. But all of those things don't matter. None of that is what's important. 
that, that when we are following Christ, when we walk in His ways, we walk in the path of love. We walk in the path of serving. We walk in the path of self-sacrifice for others. How do we how do we do that? I've been thinking through this week of why, why pride comes up so quickly and easily in, in our lives within church life. And I think, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think first of all, there is fear. Uh, that that we, we tend to build ourselves up because we're afraid of our own weaknesses. We're afraid to face those, uh, those sinful parts of our lives uh, or, or the, 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 the mistakes or the weaknesses that we have in our lives. And, and so we try and, and puff ourselves up and, and focus on the things that we're really good at to be able to hide those things that we are ashamed of. I think there's also a fear of being taken advantage. Uh, that we, we get defensive and we stand up for ourselves. We think of ourselves greater than we are in order to protect ourselves from those that would step on us, that would try and take advantage of us in some way. So I think there's, there's fear that feeds into that pride. But, but there's also just this sense of depending on my own strength, self-reliance. And we live in, in a part of the world where that's a, a big deal, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, not needing anybody, but I am a self-made man. That we focus so much on what we are able to accomplish rather than what we are truly called to. to look to Christ, to trust in Him, to, to, to anticipate, to expect, to live out of His empowering and equipping in our lives. I think that's why Peter wraps that up in verse 7, calling us to cast all our anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Putting all of those fears, putting all of that self-reliance aside and trusting fully on God to lead and guide. Trusting fully on the Spirit to empower and to equip us. Trusting fully on the life of Christ lived in us and walking in his ways. When we are truly followers of Christ, I, I like that label far better than calling myself a Christian because it it's, it's, does such a better job of describing and reminding me what my focus is, that I am a follower of Jesus. Where he walks, I walk. Where he leads, I go. 
where he equips, I am then strengthened. When we cast all of our fears, all of our self-reliance on the mighty hand of God, you can know that he's going to treat that right. That he is going to take that humble stance, those open hands, and use them to accomplish his purposes. To build his kingdom in a way that we never could in the, midst, in the, in the fullness of all of our efforts and strengths. Just to rest in him. When we read of the the battles in the Old Testament, when when God led Joshua into the, the promised land, how many times do we see the instructions for the army stand back and watch? the hand of God fight for you. Rest because he cares for you. Put all of your anxieties, all of your fears, all of your inadequacies into the marvelous hands of the mighty creator and watch him work a miracle. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that we can trust you. Thank you for your perfection in your care and compassion for us. Lord, you know how easy it is for us to slip into pride. To become wrapped up in in our fears, our need to protect ourselves, our need to stand up for ourselves, our need to accomplish something. When all we need to do, Lord, is rest and trust in you. That you will show us what steps to take. You will show us when to wait. You will show us when to speak. You will show us when to keep our mouths shut. Help us to focus our attention on you so that we are never out of step. Thank you for all you are going to be doing in our lives this week. Lord, I know that there is there is plenty of reason to have anxiety and worry looking at the week ahead. I pray, God, that you would be working in our hearts so that we could clothe ourselves, we could put on that humble attitude of service and look to you to lead and guide us where we can be those open hands to to be your agent of love in this world for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen.